This is Yehudi Feldman. We're beginning chapter 19, but we're starting a few verses before 1822. My wife will begin, then I will continue up to 1913. This is going to be called Unit 19A, and tomorrow we're going to do 19B. My wife will also begin. Brenda will start uh, with Hashem Yisham Skelet, and then I'll finish to the end of Parak 19. Matzah Isha, Matzah Tov. He who finds a wife, clearly a good wife, is meant, as we will see in greater detail in chapter 31, Eshet Chayel. And the Athek Ratzon Me Hashem, he will obtain favor from Hashem. It's interesting to note that. Uh, Ki motzi matzah chayim v'yafek ratzon me Hashem is also used uh, in hachma, which is presented as a wise woman. He who will find me will find life, and he finds favor. Wisdom gives life and finds favor from Hashem. Matzah isha matzah tov is an idiom for prospering and being lucky. As it says in Perek uh, 16 of Mishle, Maskil al Davayim Tzatov. And the opposite, which we read, Ki Ikesh Lev Lo Yim To find a spouse is a great thing in a person's life and is a gift of Hashem. As it says in Mishle, which we'll read soon, Ume Hashem Isha Maskelet. And Kohelet in Perek Tes reaffirms this by saying, One might ask, why should the finding of a wife, good as it is for a man, be linked with receiving Hashem's favor? The two seem to be linked, work hand in hand. The authors of Proverbs were well aware of the other kind of woman, as we read, in Perek Yudbet of Mishlei, Ukarakav Ba'atzmotav Mevisha, the woman who is not an Eshet Chayel Ateret Bala can bring shame and cause his bones to rot. Finding a good wife is a sign from Hashem, as also we saw in Kohelet, Umotzei Ani Marmi Mavet Et Ha'isha. And the rabbis have a field day with this when they say, did you get motze et ha'isha mar mimavet? Or did you get matzah, matzah isha, matzah tov? This language also echoes Gan Eden Bereshit. When Hashem says to Adam, lo tov hayota adam lavado, ula adam lo matzah ezer konegdo. Hashem proclaims the first loto. It is no good for the human to be alone, for hence isolation. Therefore, the need for a counterpart, an equal. Adam was inferior to Hashem, but superior to the animals. The text, Matzah Isha, Matzah Tov, as it says in Bereshit, is the affirmation of finding a loving and sustaining partnership through marriage. Only an equal who is both other and alike 
provide the necessary dialogue for human maturation, meaning, and joy. Tachanunim idaber rush ashir ya'ane azot. Ya'ane, we normally think means to respond. So the picture we get would be the poor person is begging from the rich person, and the rich person is responding like Yosef did to his brothers when they didn't know it was Yosef, and he's posing as viceroy of Egypt. Diber ha'ish adonai ha'aretz elinu kashot. But it's also possible that this is just simply describing the way of the world, and that the two statements are independent. In other words, yaned does not mean respond to the poor person. It just means the way the rich people talk in general. Poor people, or rush, you know, people who are down and out, tend to basically request things in a very begging kind of way. And rich people tend to basically talk like they own the world. Sooner or later, that type of talk is going to end up getting them into trouble because they're going to try it once on someone who can, you know, pay them back for that type of talk. And so Mishle may be putting in sort of a subtle hint that that's not a very good idea. Ishrayim lehit ro'eya v'yesh ohev davek me'ach. Lehit ro'eya may not mean have lots of friends. It may mean the person who has lots of friends will come to ruin from Reish Ayin Ayin, which means to come to room. Uh, and I think the point here being, it's better to have a few friends that you can really count on and really value your friendship than to have lots and lots of friends, fill your house with them, and basically uh, they're really not your friends. They just uh, sort of like the great Gatsby. Everybody wants to know Nick when he's rich and throwing parties, but only one person shows up at his funeral. Uh, this is the type of thing that you begin to see in life. Fakhazal even say, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, that a person who fills up his house with people who are not quality people is damaging his house. Tov rush holech betumo me'ikesh svatav lehu kasil. Better a poor person who just walks in a way where they don't do anything other than the right thing. It was better a person who acts in integrity and who is poor than a person who talks in a slippery way, not really saying what they mean, not tocho kovaro. And there's another example of the same proverb further on in this light, where instead of saying, it says, which is a perfect antithetical proverb, but the catch is then, why would you also have one where it says kasil? The answer is, the rich people who basically act like they know it all and, you know, turn their mouths in such ways that they say things that are perverse and, you know, not really what they mean, are not just, are fools. Gam below da nefesh lo tov, v'atz baraglayim chotei. 
The problem here is what the Gam is doing, because it certainly does not follow after the Tov Rosh Halech B'Tumal. So, like I said before, sometimes the Gam is responding to a proverb that was either above or below, and the editors of Mishlei sort of like to scatter proverbs around because that way they keep people on their toes. So the question is, to what does the statement, nefesh meaning here the appetite? In other words, a person who basically has desire without knowledge is not, is not going to end up with anything good. And a person who's in a hurry to get things also is going to miss, miss the mark. And now, desire without knowledge, chava with the eitzadas. In too much of a hurry, same thing there. This is the third low tov expression within the last 30 verses or so. The expression is relatively rare elsewhere in Mishlei. And I can't help but feel that the two before and the one after are designed to bracket the verse that Brenda spoke about, which is matzah isha matzah In other words, you've got to work on that. That's not something that basically is just going to happen. And a person who's in a rush to get themselves a spouse without carefully considering what's involved and thinks just about satisfying desire is going to end up with a, a, you know, an unhappy outcome. Resuming again the teaching about walking in the correct path, Mishle points out that a person's foolishness makes them go on the wrong path and leads to their ruin. But they don't blame themselves, they blame Hashem. You know, it's like recently Hillary Clinton lost an election that everybody expected her to win. After the election, did anybody say the reason Hillary lost the election is her fault? No. It's Comey's fault. It's the Russians' fault. Don't ask, you know, the Electoral College's fault. Anything other than to actually put the blame where it lies, whether she was a failed candidate, with everything going for her, but still managed to lose the election. The Midrash talks about Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov Avinu basically did some very foolish things, including stealing the bracha from Esau, and uh, to a large extent extorting Esau out of his inheritance. And, you know, but Hashem basically took very good care of him, and he left Kiva Makli, But when he's asked by Pharaoh about his life, all he's got to say is, And this is after all the tovah that Hashem basically showered upon him. But then, Three of the next six verses develop Mishle's theme, how the money buys friends. Friends, of course, in quotation marks. Two are major statements against false witness, almost identical to each other. And one is about acquiring wisdom. With that, this entire parshia petuchah ends. 
Parshiyah Petucha means a Parshiyah that ends with a complete line that's space. As distinguished from Parshiyah Tumah that ends with a nine-letter break. The Torah has lots of Parshiyah Petucha and lots of Parshiyah Tumah. And if anybody goes up for an Aliyah, they can see the Sefer Torah, they can actually see where the Parshiyot, Stumo, and Petuchot are. Sometimes a Parshiyah, Petucha, or Stuma is very, very long. For example, Parsha Vayetze and Parsha Miketz, the entire Parsha has not a single break in it. That's like 153 Pesukim for and I think 146 for Miketz. The last break that there was in Mishlei before this one was Chachmot Nashim Banta Beta. From there till verse 10 of chapter 19 was one long collection of Proverbs. Once we start chapter 19, actually more like chapter 22, there are going to be a lot more breaks per chapter, per unit. And uh, because the collections are coming from different places, this seems to be one big collection. Three verses devoted to wealth. Hon, Yosef, Rehim, Rabim, L'dal, Mariehu, Yi, Parade, and then verse six. Rabim, Yechalu, Penei, Nadiv, L'chol, Haraya, L'ish, Matan. And finally in verse seven. Kal, Ache, Rosh, Seneyuhu, Afki, Mariehu, Rachaku, Mimenu. And uh, the third part of this verse doesn't fit, and it's the only verse in all this entire section that has a third part added to it. So there must have been some technical accident here. We we don't also understand why we have verse five H Karim Loyina Kevya Fiak Zavim Loyimale, followed by verse nine H Karim Loyina Kevya Fiak Zavim Yove. In the editing process of Chizkiyo Besiato. Obviously, some kind of an accident took place, but we're just, you never can tell what exactly it was, and maybe we're not supposed to understand it exactly. Um, but now I'm going to resume with verse 10, which starts the new section and discusses different things. Again, we're getting more and more sophisticated as the book goes along, and not only that, the proverbs get sharper. The points they make are a lot more pointed. And this is a safer Mishlei is a safer that the best comes at the end, not at the beginning. You know, there's some Sfarim that the best of the safer is at the beginning, but safer Mishlei is definitely not one of them. Safer Shmuel is a safer where the very best is at the beginning. Mishlei also is a very class conscious book and is, you know, concerned about situations when people from the wrong class aspire to things that they have no business aspiring to. Uh, a stupid person should never live in luxury, and if you see a stupid person living in luxury, well, that's like that, you know, a sheer above, also called Kassil, that just discredits everything in life. And even worse is, Aved Mishal Besarim, that a servant or a slave ends up ruling over high officials. 
Now, of course, the story of Yosef is a perfect example of that happening. And obviously, this is a situation where the Tanakh endorses such an outcome. But there are other situations in the Tanakh where an Eved ends up ruling someone who they have no business ruling. For example, what I referred to before with Siva and Mephibosheth, when David essentially takes Mephibosheth's servant and makes him first superior to him and then equal to him. Sarah is absolutely bent out of shape when Hagar starts carrying herself around like she's pregnant and Sarah cannot get pregnant. Um, but Mishle is later going to say that one of the things that causes the earth to shake is Tacha Evet Kiyimloch, when a, a slave becomes a king. Avimelech, the son of Gidon, who, who then went ahead and, and assassinated all the other sons and took over the kingship for himself for three years as, an, as a usurper, an illegitimate king, is called in Yotam's Mashal the equivalent of the bramble bush. Because who wants to be king? The Geffen doesn't want it. The Tainan doesn't want it. The Zayat doesn't want it. Who does want it? The slave, the bramble bush. That's not, it's not, essentially what I think Mishle is trying to say here is a person who rules should be someone who comes from the aristocracy, not someone who comes from, you know, who does not have real experience, you know, in the upper classes. And also, for that matter, someone who has a, a, a motive to, you know, to enrich themselves. Seicho adam herich apo v'tif arto avor al pesha. A person shows their wisdom by the fact that they're long-tempered and don't, don't lose it right off the bat. You know, interestingly enough, the person at Tanakh happens to praise perhaps the most of all, who is Moshe Rabbeinu of all people, is exactly a person who is losing his temper all the time. I think Hashem realized that right at the beginning and decided to attach our own to him to keep him calmed down. The Tifarto Avor Al Pesha. And the greatness of a human being is when they're prepared to forgive some trespasses some person did it against them. Maham Kakafir Zaaf Melech Uchital Al Asev Ritsono. The king, who's the most feared official of all, if he gets angry, it's like a lion's roar. But if he is, you know, happy with what a person does, and the king's actions are like dew on fresh grass. In other words, pleasing the king is a much better idea than angering the king. And from this point on, Mishlei is going to have a great number of problems that are directed towards the issue of how a person should try to basically get in favor with the king. Remember, Mishlei was written as a book for young, aspiring, upper-class people who wanted to aspire to a successful career in government or, you know, in craftsmanship or, or even in, in, you know, in, in what you might call agribusiness. For example, Aisha Chayel is basically in agribusiness. You know, she's running a farm, but it looks like she's running a plantation. She's trading. She's, she's basically, you know, this is the kind of, you know, and her Baal, Aisha Chayel is marrying her because he knows that she can run the business for him. Poison for a father is a foolish son. 
And nothing is worse than a nagging wife. It's like a leak that just drip, 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 drip. But fortunately, there's lots of wives who are not like that. And with this, we're going to end today's because tomorrow, my wife Brenda is going to start with Bayat Fahon Nachalat Avot Umeashan Isha Maskelet. And that's, of course, the opposite of what's in verse 13. And then tomorrow we'll finish chapter 19 onto 20, verse 1. Shalom. Yehudi Feldman signing off.